Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Because whenever you're listening to this, is the Freud Void podcast. And I'm joined today by my established panel of co-hosts, known better to me as uh, <coughs> my alternate personalities, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, this is a pretty lonely episode, at least for this first segment. It's just, yeah, boy, DJ Marky Mark, <laughs> or the host with the 43rd most, talking to you guys right on the mic. <laughs> and uh, I figured we'd, I'd do this first segment all by myself because there's quite a bit for me to um, update you guys on. <laughs> so uh, our first episode did get taken down on all platforms or just like the one, I think just Spotify. And we preemptively had to take it down everywhere else. The reason for that was big surprise, you know, like copyright claimed. And <laughs> you should kind of expect that when you are playing major label music in the background on your podcast since i was the one editing it i take responsibility for that but in my defense i really didn't think that we get clamped down on by capitalism for being such a like a tiny show like not that we didn't have a great listener base because you guys were awesome there you really came through like we had 300 listens on one platform alone in five days we weren't even up for a week before this thing got taken on it was like 300 listens it was absurd but like uh, compared to the reach that bigger podcasts have that get clapped on, that get copyright claimed. Ours is tiny. We're insignificant. We're so small. I don't know how we got called out on this, like how they decided to take this episode down. Whatever it is, I'm just glad that, you know, it wasn't like a bunch of episodes put up before we realized like, oh shit, <laughs> we have to put all these things up again and I have to, you know, do all the editing and demusicify them. <laughs> so it, it was a, it was an added in the knee. It hurt a lot when it happened because there was so much positive uh, feedback about the music that was going on in the background. Like it took a lot of work to edit that in and, you know, to sync them. Like a lot of people might not realize this, but if you know those original songs, you'd know that they weren't just copy pasted into the recording. Like they had to be edited in and uh, chopped up and sequenced in such a way that they blended with the segments and the parts of the episode itself that we were listening to. And uh, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, yeah, just like molded, you know, each segment into the next and just made it feel fluidic. We're doing this without music right now. And that's just the way it's going to be indefinitely. I plan eventually on, um, you know, putting my music in the background of these things. That way no one's going to clap down on us for copyright issues and stuff. Uh, <laughs> seems like the only way we'd be safe. But for now, at least uh, we're not going to be doing that. So you're just going to have to deal with uh, my boring ass voice or the half excitement that hearing someone else's voice could give you on this show. At least for this first segment, it's just going to be this, you know, just uh, this horrible voice over here. Excuse me for that. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, we planned out for the show to be a weekly release schedule kind of thing where we would be putting out new episodes every Wednesday, but it's really difficult i figured out you know editing and putting these things together is the most difficult and challenging part of this recording it isn't as hard but finding a time slot for the co-hosts and the panelists to all be online at the same time to find slots for the people that we're interviewing to get time to talk to me is is also difficult and just to, once it's all done to put it together is just like such a big headache so you know as we progress with the show i know that things are going to get bigger and, and more herculean as tasks for me to take on and so we decided it would be good for us to do a sort of bi-monthly or you know like once every two weeks sort of release scheme that makes a lot more uh, room for you know what else is going on in <clears throat> you know everyone's lives like the people that are involved with the show and uh, a lot more time for me to edit like few people know this but uh you know those who asked me about it were like 
how long did it take to edit this thing? For me, I leave no stone unturned when I put these things together. Like even the vocal cuts, everyone's voices are chopped and cleaned up. Like I crop out the silences and the stutters and everything so that it comes out sounding really premium and finished. Uh, there was quite a bit of mastering work that had to be done to make uh, the voices sound legible and usable in a podcast. And I still feel it wasn't up to the mark because I'm just new to mastering technology and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm familiar with digital audio workstations and the softwares that uh, go into making podcasts, music in general. But uh, this was difficult. It was new to me. And so if you want a number, you know, it, it was 11 hours and 38 minutes on a single project that went into just chopping everyone's voices up mastering it to an extent uh, and then another two hours finishing it off adding the music in cleaning everything up and you know putting that polish on making everything seem perfect uh so yeah it was 13 hours i would say of like intensive you know you, it's not like brain dead work you actually have to be awake while you're doing this stuff so it wasn't easy you know you got to keep listening to it again like you make a change you got to play it back again and there's a lot of effort that goes into that and i do not think that it's feasible for one person to be able to do that in like a week and uh i'm so glad that you know I've, i'm blessed with like a team at Troy Boyd. you know like asher and rids and tarun are you know they're very understanding they're like yeah you know if you can fit this in like if you have the time to do it do it and that's awesome like uh everyone's doing their part it's great you know, this podcast is uh, something that is more of like my baby because I'm taking care of it. But, you know, they're all doing their own things with Freud Void. And so, I mean, for me, this is just like what I want to focus on the most. So, yeah, uh, this episode is part one on a three part series on Money Bar. We'll be focusing on a lot of different aspects of what Money Bar is, what it means to us and uh, what it used to be, in fact. And uh, we're not going to be doing this for, from the standpoint of just like, ah, Manipal uh, pin code is uh, 0.76104 and you can be able to access it by uh, going to ODP, which is in Dakshina Kandana, and you can be able to take, uh, you know, the one, uh, only, uh, take a bus to the Manipal. It's a very nice stand. You can be able to enjoy many much, very many drinks are there, very pleasurable. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, we are going to be talking about this from a very humanist uh, standpoint. I'm going to be talking to people that have had stories about Manipal, that have things to share about this place, and uh, that have been there, that are there, uh, that will be there soon. You know, just it's just every way that we can look at this, we're going to be looking at it from a humanist point of view. So, uh, to that end, today's guest is going to be a big surprise to a lot of you, uh, especially to you guys from over at BAMC22. Shout out to my batch. Love you guys so much. Like, the feedback that you know we've been getting that like the messages it's it's overwhelming in the best way possible you know like the amount of wonderful things that like i could read from so many of you and like it really seemed like all that hard work that we put in towards this paid off and we're not going to stop yeah i like i really want for us to keep doing this as rigorous and as difficult as it may be for some of us like i really want for us to keep pushing out content that is easy listening that is just fun for someone to sit down and feel like they're just part of this conversation that you're right here with us talking to us uh for someone to feel like you know this is safe to listen to there's nothing explicit or harmful there's nothing that could trigger you it's just really casual easy listening with uh people that you know people that i hope you love <laughs> and uh yeah that's that's our goal for the show and to that end we bring you episode two <laughs> Part one of a three-part series on Manipa. And uh, right before I throw it over to the next segment, our song of the week is 
Fresh Static Snow by Porter Robinson. One of my favorite artists from the North American EDM scene, he kind of dipped off into silence like most of them did after the EDM bubble sort of burst, but he was already on a very different trajectory at the point of that collapse. And uh, he had a very conventional start when he, you know, released Language and in all those other songs in 2012. Uh, you know, Language was his big hit, you know, like everyone loved that thing. And I still listen to it pretty frequently, even though I'm not a fan of very conventional EDM. Like it, it had a very beautiful charm to it. And he really switched things up in the next two years when he came out with his album Worlds. Uh, he had changed his sound so much to be so much more akin to something like Madian, who he said was a huge inspiration at the time that he created that album. And you can really see that there. There's a lot of use of textures and elements uh, to make this thing sound very nostalgic, to make it sound very poppy and colorful, uh, and at the same time, very dreary and dark and glitchy at times and so it's just sort of a melange of all these three elements uh, just intertwining and working between themselves you know these very watery warm synths that are sometimes diluted these sometimes chip tuned and off kilter just out of left field decisions that he takes musically and then those combined with uh, his trademark glitch and really uh, gritty <laughs> thematics to his sounds and i think that this is nowhere better exemplified than in fresh static snow beautiful song just oozing with nostalgia and at the same time very weighty and very dark so if you have the time or if you care enough pause this podcast and go give it a listen support the artists that we are talking about because i'm not going to be able to play their shit anymore <laughs> so enjoy it guys cheers Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is segment two of our second episode of the podcast. I am here with a very special guest, previously unannounced to uh, our lovely audience here. I'm with Miss Shruti Shetty. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. I am so happy that we could even get you because we, we really wanted uh, a faculty and we had the pleasure of being taught by you for these past few weeks, this semester, and they've been so exciting. And uh, Mridula from Freud Boy, shout out to you, Mridula, came up with this idea that it would be great to have you on for the episode of Manipal because this is exactly where you studied, right? So Ms. Shetty is a faculty at MIC and an alumna of Mahe. And she's someone very well known to most of our 200 to 300 odd listeners. And uh, that is because she teaches us here at MIC. So uh, we're going to be asking you a couple of questions but right before that. Let's open up with the game. Is that cool with you? Yes, Mark. <laughs> ready, ready, ready. <laughs> let's, go, let's go. Okay. Okay. So this is a quick one. Did it exist or did it not? So I'm going to ask you about buildings or landmarks in Manipal. And all you need to do is just tell me whether it existed when you came here, which was around 2005, 6, yes. if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah. So let's go. We'll start off with Royal Embassy. Was it there or was it not? No, not it there. It wasn't there. Wasn't okay. there. For those of you who don't know, this is the tallest building in Manipal. It's massive. It makes even even Dubai look okay. I'm I'm exaggerating here, but like Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is like a like a tiny one story for the people out in Dubai. <laughs> Right. Uh, what about the EDU building? Yes, EDU building was there when we joined and uh, we we assumed that that's where we're going to be studying, but uh, <laughs> didn't turn out that way. But yeah, EDU building was there, definitely. Was there, yeah. I think a lot of us MICNs as well had the same, you know, the thought coming in. It was just like, yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. Look at this campus. All my friends are going to Cornell and Purdue. I'm here in Manpur. Wow, it's gorgeous. But no. <laughs> 
you get to study in a tile factory <laughs> i love it though it's beautiful the ambience is just gorgeous yes um, yes true. the nih hostels the new international buildings the no they were not there when we they did not exist they did not yeah. exist so they they are also pretty tall they're around like 16 17 stories are pretty tall out there yeah what about nlh or the ab3 of mit yes i guess uh, it did uh, exist then though uh, we weren't hanging out near mit much but i'm sure it mm-hmm. uh, you know either uh, was under construction or must have been there all right and so that would apply also to the next one which is the innovation center at mit as well right yes that's right all right so from here we move on to slightly more interesting buildings and spaces what What about Inox? Because did we have a cinema in Manipal back then? So we used to watch films in this very dingy DVD uh, theaters. They used to be called. Wow. <laughs> they used to get chori ka DVD and then play, and then there's like I think 50 seater uh, rooms, and uh, that that was our only way to watch a movie in Manipal. But they were very popular back. Crazy. Then. Okay. So no Inox. No Inox. Yeah. <laughs> By virtue of that, that would mean that barbecue nation didn't exist either back. No, not at all, not at all. Wow, what about dollops? Yes, I think dollops could be sort of uh, you know called the landmark, one of those uh, architectural heritage kind of thing for Manipal because <laughs> they've existed forever. You know, one of my friends also, whenever they come to Manipal, we make it a point to go and sit there. So it's like those nostalgia places. Now this is probably more of a popular demand thing. I think most of our listeners. being college students would want to know about these places but what about dt yes dt with their uh, uh, old uh, tablecloth existed even then and there's some kind of a very very uh, deep connection integral connection between mic and dt so it's like uh, that's always been there and dt did exist then yeah yeah <laughs> and like i told you before i'm, I'm just so surprised that uh those tablecloths the picnic tablecloths have just survived the test of time <laughs> considering how many girls have puked on them drinking too much <laughs> what about hashtag cuz that's more of an upscale joint isn't it no no hashtag didn't, did not, uh, did not uh, yeah. exist then back then crazy okay what about remix no again we we didn't have like such fancy places as students yeah. we are like very very <laughs> basic like you know suresh anna's place and then you know <laughs> things like that where we used to go andhra mess and those were the andhra. places yeah andhra mess is where we used to go hang out and these are something that you people are you know <laughs> fortunate to have had yeah <laughs> what about hideout That's another one of those clubs out there, right? No, no, not even Hideout didn't exist in two thousand five seven. Crazy! Oh my goodness, I thought that that looked like an older place to me. I thought that would be around. Yeah, if my uh, memory is right, uh, I think two thousand ten is when they started. But Hideout. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about the McDonald's? No, no McDonald's burger for the two thousand five MIC students. <laughs> And what about Canada Mall? Where the McDonald's is situated? Not at all. No malls. Also, you had to go to Mangalore, catch a bus. You know, no, no AC buses. No AC buses. So you used to go in those, uh, you know, sort of express buses that seem to have a mind of its own, <laughs> and uh, go to Mangalore if you wanted to hang out anywhere like cool and you know nice. So like the Forum Mall and the the city center and everything. Those yeah. are newer malls. Those are those are back? definitely newer malls. I think uh, Bharat Bharat Mall existed. Uh, then in mangalore so if you wanted to watch a multiplex movie then you had to go to mangalore and watch it in uh, bharat mall <laughs> bharat mall yeah. yeah i think i think i've been there a couple of times yeah okay moving on from there uh, more fast food joints what about the dominos 
very vague memory like um, i belong to that section where parents used to give very less money so i probably didn't have money to buy from dominos so i don't remember uh, dominos started off just the takeaway place before they shifted to this bigger place so i'm not very sure if they existed back then but i definitely didn't eat there as a student hmm. all right okay now we're going to move into more fast food joints uh, close the segment out what about the kfc then do that exist back then no that entire stretch where kfc and inox is there was like a dense forest and you know you would probably send somebody on a dare there so not at all and i think that <laughs> I would mean, be one of the biggest changes in manipal if someone dared me to go out there right now i'd be, i'd be like thank you so much <laughs> i'd go there anytime <laughs> yeah uh, you wouldn't say that back then mark yeah i would have i would have hesitated quite a bit more i think what about pizza hut that's the last one of these no not no pizza hut also came much uh, later wow so i think micians and the rest of manipal that's listening to this guys we are dead privileged and i mean dead privileged <laughs> to have uh, the kind of infrastructure that we do out here right now as you will be hearing in the segments to follow as well crazy just the amount of development that uh, manipal has seen in just like a span of years it's been a bit more than a decade with you hasn't it man yes since you've been here yeah we did uh, live in simpler times we used to get uh, our non veg meal for 15 rupees it was like <laughs> yummy <laughs> oh. yeah like the, the closest thing we have to that is the the chicken curry preparation they have in the the mess i think it's sindhi mess in mit that that's pretty good we, we still have to pay a good like 75 80 rupees for that okay. <laughs> So yes. Wow. Amazing to hear how much it's changed in that much time. So, if I'm not mistaken, um your husband studied at Manipal too, but we'll get into that a bit later. Is that true? Yes, he did. He did his uh, MBA from MIM. So <laughs> <laughs> You're in for a bit of a grilling, I have to tell you. <laughs> so, what drew you to Manipal as a student? I'm going to get into this first. I- I'll start polite with you. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you thank you for being kind mark I'll remember this in class <laughs> Oh yeah now I'm at your uh, yeah. at your most yeah. for that after this podcast is over <laughs> Yeah so yeah uh, I'm in uh, after my uh, degree and I was working in the advertising industry for 2 years and definitely was sure that I wanted to do my masters in uh, communication management so I did my research and Manipal looked like a good option. Also, uh, Udupi is my native place, and you know there was this whole uh, uh, sort of I know this place kind of feeling. And, sort of homeliness, it had. Yeah, the homeliness uh, feeling. Uh, Manipal, of course, had a great reputation. MIC also. So I decided, okay, this is the place, and I think it was also a good escape from uh, uh, the urban jungle that uh, Bangalore was becoming slowly. so i decided that okay i'm going to go i mean that time i decided two years i'm going to really relax in manipal i didn't know that i'm going to be here <laughs> more like you know more than a decade later yeah yeah, right. yeah. but uh, that was the main thing i wanted to do it in a good college and mic did look uh, quite promising and manipal of course you know it has got uh, so much of its like you know um sleepy town charm i just loved it you know after this whole um, bangalore turning into a urban jungle i just thought uh, i was attracted to this whole sleepy town charm that manipal had and i thought mm-hmm. you know time to just sort of 
come to Manipal and you know uh, enjoy this life also. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay, so that's going to be a bit of a controversial take with uh, okay. some of our listeners here because we have some really hardcore Bangalore bucks <laughs> in our listener base. You could say something so bold and so controversial. <laughs> I can. It, it it is like you know you can scold um, your mother, your husband cannot. So there's something like that. So I'm still a Bangalorean, so I can say things like that about Bangalore. Bangalore. Uh, <laughs> an outsider better not. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I get that take. That's fine. I'm not going to say anything about Bangalore. <laughs> but I, I, as an outsider, I have I have fond memories. I like the place. I don't think it's a bad place at all. I think it's beautiful. Uh, we had this conversation a bit earlier that it's like. To an NRI, it's it's the closest thing you have to quote unquote home. Air quotes again, guys. Please, I'm very much an Indian. <laughs> Don't come after me, please. Okay, so moving on. What do you think your earliest memory of Manipal was? My earliest memory uh, of Manipal was this um, summer holidays that I used to spend uh, in Udupi. So my uncle has this uh, big house and a bunch of us, I think 25 of us, we used to get together, really look forward to these good times together. And Manipal was this sort of forbidden place. Uh, good children don't go to Manipal because like students are out there doing some bad things. So, you know, elders wouldn't let us go there. But of course, uh, we would find ways sort of cajole our older uh, cousins to take us there. So, mm. My earliest memory would be coming to Manipal, going to this place called Shack Point uh, at Endpoint and eating the yummiest of, you know, chicken rolls. I don't know if it's childhood memory. I still think I've never eaten a chicken roll like that in my life. I think all that uh, hiding from elders and eating there was the exciting part. But uh, yeah, th- that's like my very, very like, you know, Endpoint and Shack Point, I think would be my earliest memory of Manipal. Wow. So Manipal was a sort of a forbidden utopia to you. Was that it? Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. Definitely. I mean, I remember uh, taking a walk in Endpoint and wondering why is this a bad place? Just bunch of trees around here, you know, but uh, later I came to know what is the story behind Endpoint. <laughs> you didn't see the people making out behind the trees. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think my uh, cousins were very careful not to expose us to those kind of things. <laughs> they shielded you well, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> So when you came to Manipal, I bet that you had that. Was that in the back of your mind or something like, oh, my goodness, what's it, what's it going to be like and everything? Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of uh, the first uh, bonding moments between uh, what turned out to be my gang in Manipal, like, you know, three of us uh, turned out to be, you know, best of friends was our walk to Endpoint. Um, even today, we don't know why we went there in the blazing sun because, you know, how hot it is uh, in Manipal, uh, you know. So we went there, took a walk and I, you know, sort of then told them, you know, this was the kind of place where people would not go. And we just like sort of had a good laugh. But yeah, my first walk with my close friends was to Endpoint. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So what about your happiest moment in Manipal? Because I'm sure you've been here for like a decade plus at this point. You, You have a family out here and you've been you've been taught here you've been able to teach yourself here and everything and so there must be so much to look back on i'm very curious what do you think you are number one your happiest moment is in manipal yeah i guess you know like it's like those uh, uh sort of montages of shots that sort of went in front of my eyes because you know there's so many memories uh, connected to manipal but if i had to pick one then definitely i think uh, it uh, would be uh, the day i took my class in lh1 so LH1 was my classroom for two years 
as a, a master student uh, you know uh, first years were usually given lh1 and then as second years we had to shift but uh, we ended up tricking our uh, juniors and you know retaining our uh, classroom so that was very special for me as a student and the day uh, i took my first class standing on the podium and on the other side uh, it was i don't know kind of a surreal kind of experience so i think that would be my happiest and one of my proudest moments i could say mm, wow so you you've seen the classroom from both ends the teachers then and the students then amazing yes definitely uh, i think uh, you would find me that's why you're a little sympathetic to a kid who's sleeping in class <laughs> Can I ask you this one have you slept through a class? Yes, I have. <laughs> It was 4 o'clock class of media laws and ethics which uh, used to be uh, you know sort of taken by this uh, professor. I am so sorry. I hope he's not listening to this but he was like very boring and um, that was the class I have slept through. I felt very guilty after that but I have slept through that. So that's the the one class you slept through. You've never been through uh, like a sleep in another class ever. Really? No. Yeah, other classes. I mean, multiple times in that class I've slept because it was a four o'clock class and because it was sort of you know. Though I think it's also uh, I try my best as a teacher to keep the class interesting because if somebody sort of drones on and on and on, then it would put a student to sleep. So yeah, I'm guilty of sleeping through those classes, but I would say it's not entirely my fault. <laughs> That's controversial. I just, I for your sake, ma'am. I just hope he's not listening. That's yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. That's, I would just be glad that our listener base is mainly students, and they're, they're on this end of the spectrum. They're all going to be happy about this to know that a teacher slept through a class once upon a time. Everybody's got to start somewhere, guys. Even Mishrati used to sleep through class. Yes, yes. All right. Now we're moving on to some questions from the Freud Boyd clan. Us here at Freud Boyd have some more personal questions about. uh manipal and you and stuff so what was the manipal student scene like in college days for you and uh, what did you do for fun we'll answer them one at a time <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm in um if i could like you know because uh, like you said i've been here as a student and now as a faculty one of the main things that a change i see is uh, we used to spend a lot of time in college mm-hmm. just spend time in college at the quadrangle and uh, you know I don't know. It is almost seemed like we don't want to go back home, but uh, it was just uh, we love the campus as students, and that was something that was uh, sort of across a lot of batches. Like I've seen my juniors do that when I was in college and seniors. So uh, that mm-hmm. whole attachment to the uh, the building itself and just hanging out in different places in college is something mm-hmm. that we used to do a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, apart from that, uh, there's a lot of. Uh, uh enthusiasm when it came to fest and participating in uh, you know college events so i uh, i'm very proud that i've represented mic uh, in utsav so the utsav stage also is very special to me the one in the greens yeah That's- yeah yeah the greens one yeah the greens one mm. and i don't know there's a i think this is this is very common even now i've seen the kalaman students sort of you know it's like they're living and dying uh, the uh, uh, the sort of uh, play that they're working on we used to do that we used to get up like we used to have stage practices at 5 o'clock in the morning and we used to still get up and go we were i would uh, not say that the same thing would be done for a class but uh, for a 5 o'clock practice for utsav <laughs> we would get up and go so yeah i mean uh, uh, college uh, in those days was a lot of uh, you know being a part of mic and sort of representing college and things were that was that was there 
which i'm really not trying to paint a picture of oh you know we were such wonderful students and all that uh, not at all but uh, i see that as something that was uh, quite prominent so yeah that is the main thing uh, you know most of us i used to do as students but for fun we would do the uh, you know sort of go and eat and dollops and uh, you know snack shack mm-hmm. my i had a house in manipal so that was like uh, sort of a hangout place for all my friends i mean i guess we were sort of a lazy bunch so just dressing up and going somewhere was a little boring so we would rather just stay at home and cook and you know sort of uh, chat and things like that which doesn't mean that you know i was this really boring girl who would just like sit at home i did go and party and edge was the place where micns usually went and partied because we didn't have money to go to blue water <laughs> the kmc students had money to go to blue waters and uh, the mic students were always broke so we used just go to edge and then dance dance away the night so these were some of uh, you know the things that we used to do for fun hmm. <laughs> interesting so uh, edge was a club that existed back then is that it yes yeah and there's obviously so much else to digest and things like that so you were uh, you were all peppy was that it you were all like oh my god i love being in mic it's the best and was that you was that who you were mr p <laughs> no 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 not at all like like i said it uh, you know i realized that that's like i'm painting a picture of this like you know hyper enthusiastic oh i'll do everything for college <laughs> but uh, i would say i was like sort of a mid mid ground student i would uh, sit and take down my notes and i would sleep through some classes <laughs> and uh, go party sometimes but uh, yeah and be there if it is about dancing then i'm ready to represent mic so that's sort of a story. and and to my knowledge you've been able to do that as a faculty as well right and not just as a student yeah i guess that was uh, another uh, memorable or you know something that uh, i uh, cherish is when uh, staff utsav happened and you know i got to participate there and be on the stage back again so yes uh, utsav uh, stage and me are still connected <laughs> so do you think the whole the whole setup that they've got there now they've got they've got like a screen in the background all the fancy lights was that there like a decade or so ago no 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 those things like you know all those uh, with regards to lighting and uh, the the background and all has uh, is a newer addition the basic stage the red oxide stage is still the same and uh, whenever kmc or mit uh, wins then we get upset i think that's still the same like we like yeah this is the bot you tell me you're not peppy i'm still not convinced one bit ma'am i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that somewhere in your closet you've got all the MIC merch and everything you've got all you make your kids wear them too and you know everyone's got these on and everything I'm sure I can bet you money that that's the case No I I'll, I'll tell you what uh, Mark like I think it is um, true uh, for uh, everybody who passes out of a college like when you're in college uh, it's a place and you sometimes sort of you know say mean things about college and thing like that but once you graduate and you realize you know sort of what it is so you tend to value it more so definitely when i was in college i didn't think oh mic was the greatest but now since i'm also associated as a faculty and i've spent so many years in that building you know so definitely you will probably see that you know i have a lot more attachment but as a student yeah, it was a fun place and i i learned a lot and i got good grades and i'm happy i think there's also this element of like teenage angst where you're just like oh man college sucks you know everything's the worst bro yeah like you just have this like, <laughs> natural inclination to hate the, the 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 institution and all the authorities and the powers that be and you know you're just like ah yeah. oh, screw this you know like and 
lucky. You know, that's <laughs> that's just the way of life, I guess, at this age demographic. True, true. Yeah, and that, that's something that has, has, it's been decades. We've had the hippie movement, like, in the 60s, man. Like, your, your parents were yeah. probably infants back when that was it. <laughs> so, it's going to be true for every generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, teenage act is just never going to yeah. change. <laughs> So uh, back to what you did for fun, you know, we're trying to squeeze a bit more out of you here, ma'am. We need the spicy, spicy. <laughs> I'm going to ask you straight to your face. Did you have a college boyfriend? I did, but I'm married to him now. So I can just say like, you know, sort of uh, everything is uh, about the line in the advertising teachers line. It's ATL. It's about the line. And uh, I'm married to him. So, yes, I did have a boyfriend. Mm, spicy, spicy. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Some college romances do work, okay? Not all of them are destined to fail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we'll get into that a bit. Like, you guys uh, have met before you were in Manipal. Was that it? Yeah. He was doing his engineering in uh, Bangalore. And uh, we sort of, families know each other. So, yeah, we knew each other from Bangalore. And uh, I'd like to believe that he followed me here to Manipal because he couldn't live without me. But, uh, yeah. Uh, that's a true story. Yeah, because he was a year, your junior, in fact, from what we know. Is that it? Yeah, I don't try to add extra masala over there. Uh, he was my junior in, uh, because he joined a year later. But he's, but he's uh, two years my senior, uh, age-wise. So, you know, that's how it is. Spicy, spicy, spicy. Mm. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. You can actually make things work out. If you try hard enough, and also if your parents know each other, I guess. Okay, this is basically arranged marriage. I'm just selling that right now. <laughs> so there it is. Shruti ma'am did have a college boyfriend, but just the pie in your face. They're actually married right now. Wow. That's, that's a story and a half. Good for you. And you're a family now. You guys have two kids, two boys. Yes, we, yeah, this year uh, we completed 20 years of being together and uh, we... (laughs) I'm sure that half of our audience is surprised to think you're out of your 20s. Like, they're they're probably, that's crazy. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, Mark. Like, you know, it's like, I'm so glad I did this uh, podcast with you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we are 20 years together. We have two kids now. And uh, sometimes we just look at each other and can't believe we've come this long, like such a long way. Wow. But uh, wow. good time. Yeah, it's almost like a movie. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> this is this is one for the books. I'm, I'm glad that we have you on this so you can tell the audience just about how crazy uh, your life story is. Having been on both sides of the teaching spectrum, sitting in MIC, that LH1, which is actually where uh, at Section A at BMC, shout out our class, BMC 22, uh, went to class. Like literally, like we spend most of our days there. They have the triple AC set up there. Not one of those AC works. <laughs> Like not, not even one of them works. We used to, like there were times when like you know the other section like section B they'd leave we'd go sit in their class you know just like okay oh finally cool air you know you know you know how spoiled you sound right now we didn't have AC half the time fans were not working we never had AC AC came like I think three years oh, back God. so we spent all of Manipal summers without AC so I am not going to. Do this. <laughs> I think we can concede that we're a bit more spoiled. But then also I can bring in the whole global warming argument. Okay, I'll, I'll bring in Miss Sushmita mm. Shetty for this one. Huh? We, the world is significantly hotter than it was a decade and a half ago. <laughs> we have a lot more to deal with. Okay, so That's our difference. 
okay mark fine <laughs> we'll we'll settle this as a draw okay <laughs> and uh, we'll move on from another question from Freud Boyd what kind of student were you because we've heard about you as a teacher as a a uh, girlfriend a married woman and now a mother if you will but what kind of a student were you were you the library kind or you know just the straight up like ha oh, i got an anarchy tattoo on me bro i'm like a rebel dude ha ha was that you <laughs> again i would say uh, you know sort of you really paint a picture out there so i'm trying to see okay am i this type or that but i would say again i am like a middle middle ground student i uh, used to sit and take down notes in those classes where i didn't sleep i i used to take down notes and i have all my notebooks still with me as proof <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i was the note taking types but at the same time uh, i think uh, the only time i used to go to library was during exams and uh, uh, shobakka and rati ma'am used to see me only uh, you know when exams were you know sort of just hovering there and i'm like okay i need some notes <laughs> so yeah so definitely not stay sitting in the library kinds but yeah i did go to the library and now when i sit there and prepare notes sometimes i laugh at myself i'm like oh my god i didn't see this happening <laughs> so yeah i was this uh, note taking not very diligent but uh, yeah not too geeky so is this true that your best friend was the class topper yeah i know it was like sort of uh, unfortunate also because sometimes teachers expect you know oh your friend is a class topper what are you doing like you know uh, or rather ask my friend why you're friends with this girl but yeah she was a class topper and she was a gold medalist and all that but a very goofy person you would talk to her you wouldn't uh, even think that she's mm-hmm. a class topper do you think that that's a certain personality type like they're just like people that are really nerdy and those are the only kind of people that topper class because i think in media it's a bit different like you know the outgoing ones the ones that yeah. have you know their artistic capabilities all owned up and you know they just know what they're doing those are the kind of yeah. the, the class toppers that we have these days right yeah true true i mean uh, i wouldn't say outgoing at all because she the first thing she told me is uh, if you ever call me for a party my dad is going to shoot me and <laughs> i don't know why why i didn't argue with her because her dad was in chennai and i there was no way he would come and shoot her but uh, yeah she was uh, she was again like this very fun to hang out with and very down to earth but yeah she was a class topper and both of us used to sit and take down notes i don't know why we didn't think of just sharing the notes but we would do that but when it came to studying yeah of course she would read revise revise again and i was like what is that so yeah we were sort not very similar and i think our grades are proof of <laughs> yeah but i think you turned out just fine okay come yeah. on <laughs> actually it's my very very again this is my personal belief that the class toppers generally are not very good teachers because you don't have patience for the average students whereas uh, if you have been a backbencher or if you have sort of not done great and you have submitted your assignments late i feel you turn out to be a better and uh, you know kind of teacher that's a very interesting take i'm glad that i heard that from someone <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense actually that the it's the the uptight you know the you know keep your tie up straight you know that kind of people that just like yeah. expect the most out of it would be it would be damn unfair for a teacher to just be like yeah i was i was like you know not like a 6.8 cgpa the whole time but like you better submit your assignment on time you know that that makes no sense <laughs> true true so i get where that comes from yeah all right moving on from there uh another question from us 
this is going to be said in verbatim from Nidula because I can barely understand the text that some girls send me. Look at this. She said, and like, just like in terms of like a career at Manipal, if she can like talk us through her journey of student to teacher and how she has grown up with it or vice versa. Jesus, just someone help me here. <laughs> Help me understand this question too, Mark. I think what she means to say is how it's been with that transition of student to teacher. But you've kind of already run us through this. But just just to hear a bit more, just from Ridula's satisfaction, can we hear this? One? <laughs> so, um, yeah, as, as a student, uh, you know, sometimes you can afford uh, to sort of say, you know, I won't do it now. Or it's okay uh, and things like that. Uh, like I said, you can afford to sleep in a class. But uh, as a teacher, there is a lot of responsibility. And uh, I think that's what I, you know, sort of uh, see the transition myself. Uh, because I used to procrastinate so much as a student, as a degree student in my bachelor's. And um, now if my boss told me this is the deadline, I will just submit it one hour before. Because it's... You know, I, it makes me boring, but I think it's a part of growing up. Mm. And, uh, you know, the responsibility part is definitely a, a kind of change that I see. And uh, also, uh, you know, it was sort of a responsibility because you're a part of MIC. Mm. And uh, you're a, you have been a student here. And um, I truly believe that, you know, you have to be an ambassador of your college. And if I perform poorly or if I'm a bad teacher or uh, if I'm not teaching right uh, or I'll say something like really nonsensical, I feel it reflects on me and my college. So I think that responsibility is something that I see as a change, which was not there as a student. And I just could be so carefree. Mm -hmm. And I've heard this one a lot. Like, do you think that uh, you always wanted to be a teacher growing up or did this evolve like your mindset evolved over time where you you said I, yeah i want to be a career woman or uh i mean teaching teaching women are career women obviously uh but like i want to be out there on the field and working you know doing press and journalism or ad and pr and stuff like that or did you always say that yeah i want to be an institutional person and and mold people into becoming those kind of working people i honestly uh, was very much inspired by my mom so i wanted to get married and have three kids so that was uh my ambition like you know that's where I saw myself you know like I'm gonna have three kids and be a homemaker so you know so that was that was until I finished my degree bachelor's and then I was at home for three months and then I realized I am really not cut out for staying at home <laughs> like three months I, another question I'm just gonna ask you straightforward you said three kids you're one short of the big number <laughs> are you you think you're going for a third <laughs> no no mark I have like my second son has made me realize that you know it's like it's a lot of hard work <laughs> and and Mahi is not going to give me a maternity oh, leave they, they have like a they have a limit of two is that it yeah, yeah. <laughs> no 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 J jokes jokes aside uh, honestly I uh, I'm very scared because I had the first one thinking I'll have a girl second one thinking I'll have a girl now if I have three boys I will be a very very uh, traumatized mother <laughs> so i have decided to put a full stop there and stop it too but uh, yeah, that is uh, not call it, call it quits now that's it yeah, 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 that's it that's it so yeah i mean that, that's not the only thing where i changed you know like when i was younger i used to think i want to be a homemaker because i was like you know i really used to look up to my mother and she should do a beautiful job of taking care of home and us 
but uh, yeah i mean i was always bossy i was all, i always used to give a lot of instructions to my younger siblings so i think i had it in me to be a teacher so you know so that was the only thing and of course uh, my father uh, sort of believed that i'll be a good teacher so it's up, somewhere in the back of my mind it was there that you know okay uh, after corporate life i'm going to end up in academics and i'm going to teach uh, but i really honestly i mean this is not because uh, i'm on uh, air i'm talking to you i really didn't think it would be such a great job you know it's like so satisfying when i started teaching also i didn't think it would be it would make me so happy but uh, i love teaching mm. so that's just that's i'm glad i got into acting yeah i think that that's the most fulfilling part of it it's just it's like uh, i i i read somewhere like you teach not for the income but for the outcome and i know that's a really tired phrase probably to someone like you at this point but it, it just means so much when you're yeah. like like the way that you've said it i think that yeah. it's all yes. about the 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 fulfillment that you get when it comes full circle when a student comes back and says you know because of you ma'am i want to be a teacher right now or because of you i feel like i'm so yeah. equipped to be out there in the corporate world and advertising and it's it's, it's a doggy dog world out there it's very <laughs> it's, it's it's very you know what's the word i'm looking for here just like you know they're on the neck all the time and it's scary i'm sure. you you've been there so you know but yeah. to think that you've equipped those kind of, like people for working in those kind of conditions is must be so fulfilling right yeah yeah definitely definitely i i mean i truly believe this that uh, you know a teacher just doesn't teach or like you know you don't have to teach a student what is advertising what is pr uh, if i'm really committed to work you know uh, just that commitment or just the love for your job those are some of the things that you can easily pick up i remember when i was uh, pregnant the second time and i was 8 months pregnant and i really looked uh, 18 months pregnant because i had such a big tummy and uh, you know i used to come to class and that was a semester uh, where i had 16 hours of teaching and i used to come to class and uh, get very tired because i couldn't talk much so one of these uh, one of my student was really concerned like after the class he's like um why don't you just take off you know <laughs> what is re- like why are you really putting yourself through this so i, I was just blank for few seconds because i had never given it a thought so, so i you know i just told him i love doing this it doesn't sort of bother me at all so i remember him later telling me that was so inspirational you know just that so i feel a teacher really is also a mentor and you can just teach a student to be committed or just love doing something It doesn't have to be and i think a, a, a professor or a, or a faculty in a college is much more than that at least in the context of mic we had we had this discussion a little earlier like a mother in her mother's as absentia right it's like you're you're nurturing these people you're mentoring them you're teaching them but you're nurturing them in in, the, in some way that they aren't able to have in their parents absence and that's such a special thing to have definitely 100% i vouch for that yeah so talk us through a bit of this this career path that you've had because you did your uh, bachelor's uh, back home in bangalore i i i'd scarcely say back home because now you very much identify with manipal and dakshina kannada is like you know <laughs> that that's your home right no no you could still say back home because my parents place is in bangalore all my friends are in bangalore uh, my cousins are in bangalore so you know it's still it's still home i love going back there but uh, yeah i'm in uh, born and brought up in bangalore i did my uh, bachelor's from mount carmel and uh, it was a, it was a great experience because uh, vijayanagar that's where i uh, you know lived all my life so it is a very small kind of a place and uh, my school also you know it's like if you spoke in english you were like snobbish you know uh, you're like oh can't you talk in kannada kind of 
that kind of school i uh, studied and suddenly mount carmel was this like you know sea of people and you know you had to be good at everything and all that but yeah i spent 5 years there had a very good time so after my bachelor's from uh, uh, mount carmel is when i decided i wanted to do something in uh, communication so i joined this ad agency uh, on church street called smartworks they used to do a lot of outsourcing uh, designing and uh, ad work for lintas so yeah i mean that was when i really discovered my passion i'm like okay i want to do this further but yeah two years and then i was like okay i need to really do my masters but uh, that's where it you know so advertising and me have been again you know we've come a long way just teaching children how to do it now i mean i say children come on i'm sorry <laughs> viewership and listenership please we're, we're adults now okay to the point where you're teaching young adults yes how to do it themselves which is crazy so like this subject must be so close to you as well right yeah. like close to your heart definitely definitely i mean you know so that the the career path i mean like i said it was not so well planned i wanted to be in a sort of a marketing communication path but uh, i think by the time i completed 4 to 5 years i realized that okay corporate world is not giving me that much of satisfaction and you know what next you keep asking yourself what next you know so what mm. where do i go from here so i think that's when i shifted uh, i decided to shift to academics and uh, uh, you know sort of uh, approach the then director at mic vardesh hiregange and he just gave me this opportunity mm. who to to my knowledge you are a massive fan of and you, <laughs> you a lot yes, yes we have uh, a lot of those batches uh, there's a cult following he is called the mahatma and <laughs> very very funnily right now he heads the gandhian center <laughs> and uh, because he was so calm and composed and you know you would be like my life is falling apart and he would just say okay take a breath calm down i will resolve this for you you know so as a professor he had a very huge uh, following and uh, i was so excited once he became the director and you know i could sort of be his colleague you know though as uh, worked uh, you know as his junior but i had the privilege of being his uh, colleague so yeah i mean i would say one thing of course i mean this is an opportunity to thank your guru uh, i might not have been a very good student in his class but i did learn a lot about being a teacher you know like i said uh, it's okay if you don't teach a lot but if you're just a little kind a little patient just listen to your students you know uh, i think it would go a long way mm, that's what you think makes the most the long term impact yeah definitely definitely i feel like because uh, uh, you know a student now is has access to so much of online uh, uh, you know sort of information i tell you anything you can just sort of type it on google and you know figure that out yourself you know but what is my role then my role is to then guide you make sure that you enjoy learning and uh, sort of uh, just be there around mm. so i think with this semester that's that's been handicapped so much for someone like you as a teacher because <laughs> yeah mark won't even get me started like you know i am a uh, sort of uh, very conscious in front of a camera but on, in class i am like a stand up comedian and you can ask your seniors about it so you will see me doing crazy things and literally performing because i just love uh, interacting with students and this online class i am like cursing it because i can't see my students and you know it's it's a big handicap Yeah and there there's just so little feedback and so little counter interaction when you say something you want to hear those responses you want to hear them laughing or you know when you just stickulate they you want to hear them nod and and you see them nod you can't hear anyone nod yeah. or nod <laughs> but 
I'm sure that like that's kind of why you must have been uh, you know asking us in the first few classes like you know just send me a mail about like talk to me about yourself and what you do and you know like not a CV per se but just like what what you are about and I found that to be so unique because no other teacher in during the semester has asked us about that at all because you so I feel like it, it's been a big handicap to you in particular and your teaching method. Uh, yeah yeah true true i mean uh, like again this is something that uh, i like or it's not i like doing but i'm like you know if again uh, by the time i finish teaching a semester or two most of the students the ones who interact with me i'm able to like you know sort of uh, tell what field they will be good at because i interact with them so much uh, to an extent that my master students generally you know like the other day one of my old student called up she's like ma'am what do you think i should do you know me so well so you know it's like a very personal connect that i have with the students and a lot of it comes from classroom interaction and uh, yes i am just waiting uh, for this whole situation to be gone and i'm uh, hoping that you know this bunch of students i get to interact with uh, again in class oh okay i mean i'm just going to say once you meet our, my batch in person you're going to regret it trust me okay we we suck we're terrible <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and this is another thing. This is another thing, Mark. Like every time, you know, I get a feedback that this batch is terrible. I end up having a great time with that class. I think it's a subject because it's like a you know, ad and PR is like not very theory based and things like that. We I generally have the greatest of time with my bachelor students because uh, so much of energy and you know uh, idealism. You know, like there'll be one group saying down, down Coca Cola and Levi's jeans, and the other section is shut up. You're wearing Levi's jeans. You know, don't do. <laughs> yeah, so, we have the whole communism capitalism thing going on in our batch too. <laughs> yes, it is so much fun to teach a degree class. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're missing so much of that hands-on experience with the uh, with the students and stuff. I can't imagine what it's like. We we always think about oh my god, like sitting through these many classes as a student. But you're just I I'll be honest. Like I'm just lying down with my laptop on my lap, and sometimes I doze off. I haven't dozed off through any of yours yet, ma'am. Please don't worry. Uh, but like I'm just I, my video talks hey, my Yeah, tell me. Listen, uh, please understand. Mark is trying to make sure he doesn't fail his session. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's more like it's 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 a piece of cake for us because we have a video off, we have our mics off. You could just be doing just about anything. It, mm. It's difficult to pay attention. Sure, it's difficult to sit through like a nine to five. Yeah. But to be able to get that kind of a, a measure out of your students, where you want to talk to them, you want to have conversations with them must be so difficult i i can't imagine what it's like for you yeah definitely like we had to rework on a lot of things i mean like i i just told you i finished 10 years of teaching advertising a uh, teaching advertising itself but i'm just looking at my notes and thinking okay can i do something you know uh, change something uh, so that it's better interactive and things like that so very very tough for the teachers to do this online mm, yeah i mean for us we have like we've got german going on and stuff so like that makes sense you can just you listen you speak it back you're like um, yeah ich won in udpi or something you're just like yeah he speaks german heil hitler i'm sorry don't cancel me guys please but it's it's a piece of cake then you know and with something like advertising that's so subjective and so personal and you have to be like yeah do you see how this campaign was executed do you see how this mastermind push this whole thing forward how he molded it into a brand and it's it's crazy there's so much to it yeah true true yeah very true so uh one last question your career path leading here after you finished uh your um you know your, your masters in manipal you went straight into 
uh, working in the press right next to MIC, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, that's right. So what was that experience like for you? Because you were there for three years, three whole years before you made the switch to teaching. Honestly, I started working at the press because, you know, that's the only way I know to live, like keep working. It was not that, you know, this was what uh, I really wanted to do. Uh, Manipal, there are not many career opportunities. And uh, um, my husband's dream was to uh, sort of uh, continue his father's business here in uh, Udupi. So, I mean, you know, sort of we tossed. Uh, I said, okay, fine, you will get Udupi. Uh, I will get something in return some other time, you know. So <laughs> we had to <laughs> then shift base here. And I honestly didn't have too many opportunities. But uh, definitely um, very thankful that uh, I could Manipal Press gave me that opportunity to work for three years. So I've done everything there, uh, marketing, PR, customer service also, because again, a lot of them were localites and um, we had a lot of these corporate clients and English was a problem for them. So I would just like randomly do customer care work also, you know, hello, welcome to Digigo. Yes, how can I help you? You know, I <laughs> because somebody would, you know, my uh, would call in Tulu and say, you know, please, can you help me out? And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do that also. So it was a very different work environment. Um, there are a lot of people who came from smaller uh, pockets of Kurki. Uh, and we all sat together, ate together and went on picnics together. Mm. And uh, they also warmed up to me once they realized that, okay, she just dresses up like a Bangalorean, but she's okay. She's one of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's one of us, you know, so things like that. It's the perfect way to come sort of full circle back to Manipal as it is in itself because it's just such a homely town. No matter how upscale things get there, no matter how, you know, tall the buildings are going to get in the next five to six years or ten years, if you want. Yeah. It's still always going to be as homely as ever. It's still going to be so true to its roots. People are still going to be talking to you in Tulu. Yeah. And you're still going to be uh, treated like, you know, you're a part of this former village or as... Uh, the great TMA Pai would have said, the barren hillock that is now a fortress of knowledge. Yeah, I heard that from my parents. I'm, I don't, I'm not that old. I, I was very impressed that you could just say the, that line like that. My, parents, my, my dad does it with his voice and stuff. I'm, I'm oh, amazed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, wait, he was dead in 78. He had passed away by then. I don't know how my dad knew. We have started. seen innumerable videos of TMA Pai. So. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. Probably had like an old VCR, just plugged a tape in, and he's like, "Yeah, the bad and hillock," and he's just like, "Yeah, that's that's what we're all about. Let's go." <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you know, since you were speaking about you know how it's always going to be homely, uh, you know, you would know everybody from your laundry guy to uh, an auto driver. So I remember a few years back when uh, I, you know, I think I was going with, I was sort of standing with my son, and this auto driver suddenly stopped. He's like. You know, what are you doing here? And he was the guy who used to take me to college. I mean, I've gone in his auto a couple of times. So he was so happy to see me. He's like, oh, you're married. He was like this maternal uncle. You know, he was like, uh, oh, you know, he's talking to my son. And he's so excited that this girl he used to drop to college is now married and has the same. It was so sweet, you know. So I, I don't think so. I'll get to uh, experience this in Bangalore. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I love that about. Oh yeah, Bangalore. They're just gonna be like, yeah, you know, you have a kid. I'm gonna charge you like 170 instead of like 100. <laughs> Extra luggage. <laughs> Extra luggage. Wow. <laughs> you heard it here first. This is how Miss Shruti talks about her children. <laughs> right. And now moving finally back, just to wrap it all up, to a very personal question. As a teacher, as a faculty, what motivates you 
to keep doing what you do what motivates you to keep teaching um i don't know like anything i say would sound like one of those uh, sort of quotes that you read online but <laughs> uh, uh, it's uh, the happiness that you make a difference um in somebody's life you are uh, like i said uh, you know if i can get few of my students interested in the subject that i'm teaching and then take it up as their careers or just you know introduce them to something new and uh, make learning fun i think uh, that's what sort of you know gets me really excited about uh, uh, teaching and uh, when you're in a corporate job you do a good job your boss most likely won't say shabash shruti you know kya kaam kya hai you know he, he you will not find many bosses doing that but when you do a good job as a teacher you do get that feedback in uh, in the way of love you know your students love you back uh, they remember you after so many years um when my uh, student message me ma'am like 5 6 years later ma'am this is a campaign i worked on and i won an award have a look at it you know i'm like so proud like you know literally like when proud peacock i'm roaming around in the campus like i only did the campaign <laughs> but it's just that uh, you know the the thing that you get back like uh, you mentioned uh, previously so it's uh, uh, that's what you know really gets me uh, excited about teaching and 10 years later also i can say i love this job and i want to do it Wow. Wow. That's the that, it does not sound like a cheesy poster at all cuz those sound fake. This oh, sounds so. Sounds so <laughs> I I am glad because it's true but yeah I mean uh, uh, you know you and your listeners actually don't know me that well we've just had few weeks to interact so I didn't want to come across like they're like come on ma'am you you know don't tell me this is what it is. Yeah. That's a load of baloney. No, I don't think anyone's going to say that. Not at all. That's that's very heartfelt wow thank you so much for that and to close uh do you think that you would have had this kind of a life as a, as a member of faculty and a professor now anywhere outside of manipal do you think that that would have taken place i'm not really sure uh, mark like you know i'm not like again one of those person like um i look back and think okay if this would have happened or something like that i definitely know i have a good life here because all my close friends uh whenever they call me uh you know i've even heard my friends say you know i hate you why do you sound so happy all the time and uh, you know <laughs> why do you look young when we are of the same age and uh, i sort of give credit to manipal and uh, the whole interaction that i have with students which i feel sort of you know sort of keeps me on my toes but uh, primarily teaching in manipal i think um, apart from you know the great freedom that mahe gives you to make your own syllabus and things like that honestly from the academic side uh, i don't have to go through 10 permissions to you know just say that okay you know i'm going to scrap this topic and introduce that topic which is like a gr- big thing for a teacher you know because uh, that's kind of freedom but apart from that i can't imagine having this kind of life anywhere uh, other than manipal because it's just like you're so relaxed you don't have to make reservations you don't have to stand in a queue i can just uh, say uh, you know sort of uh, tell my friend hold on i'll call you back from home and 5 minutes later i can call her back so like we discussed this a while ago like the furthest point of manipal is only subjectively far away <laughs> because it's such a tiny town <laughs> very true very true that's amazing so you've been holed up in there for 10 plus years and you hope to be there for 10 more and maybe even a lifetime and i think that that's just testament to how special and how beautiful 
this tiny little place that we call home is it's not just you know the barren hillock with laterite soil it's not just the place that you go in after you reach Udupi or the forbidden land where people drink and smoke on occasion it's so much more than that it's not just a town of academia it's not just where mahe resides or where uh, the ceo of microsoft <laughs> once upon a time studied his bachelor's and never wants to talk about it ever again it's home it's a place where you know we grow and we mature as people and a place that is so special and so integral to so many people that have been in this place at some some point of time and i think that my parents have said it best like you can take a person out of manipal but you just cannot take manipal out of a person i vouch for that definitely second that mark it's true yeah wow okay thank you so much ma'am for being on our show it's been just it's i don't know time has just been flying it's almost been an hour together we were aiming for the segment to be like 15 20 minutes but conversation just flies by like that sometimes it's been a pleasure having you on uh i love just everything about what we've talked about it's been just a ton of fun uh hearing about you and the story that you've had with this beautiful place that is manipal uh missing it at the same time just feeling kind of jealous of you that you get to be out there with your family <laughs> and uh just eager to get back there and i know that we're hearing about the soul october first thing and I I I hope to god that that's true. I really hope that we get to be all together and we actually get to enjoy the rest of the semester with uh, your quote on quote stand up comedy <laughs> and your mentorship as well. Thank you so much for being on the show ma'am. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much Mark. Like you know this is the first time on uh, uh, me doing a podcast and you made it so much fun and you know uh, it was just like chatting with you and uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Wow. Okay, so that was a uh, second segment of the show what you guys came here for. I know it was a pretty long episode here, but that interview was just golden. Really like Mishruti is such a gem of a human being. Wow, we had so much fun recording that thing. At the point of me recording this right now, this third segment, it's been like a week since we did it and I have just like nothing but positive memories to relate to you from that time. Like we called, we were just talking for like I think a good 2 hours if we would recall correctly, like just 2 hours before we said, "Oh yeah, we should probably record the podcast." Now, <laughs> Mishruti is such an amazing person, so much fun to talk to, and I think that us over at Bams here just spoiled. You know, we have such a great teacher. We have such great faculty this semester. It's honestly so good. to have teachers like this and uh, you can be rest assured that the next chance we get to interview any faculty for any reason we're going to take it <laughs> uh shout out to mridula for the awesome idea and uh it was an absolute blast interviewing you mishruti if you're listening thank you so much for coming on i know that you know you got two kids family to look after and it meant so much that you made this time for us and to indulge in our creative sides here at Void Void it means so much god bless you on everything that you're doing i hope that absolutely everything that you do just flourishes as it always has anyway i mean it's been awesome thank you so much for doing this interview with us and thank you to you guys for um listening <laughs> if you've been here the whole episode I'm sure there's a lot of spicy spicy for you guys to digest there but also at the same time a lot of uh, nostalgia and a lot of things to miss about the good old town that is manipal and uh, i know we didn't really delve into it all that much that's why this is the part series on the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking more about the place that we call our second home the place that some of us just straight up call home as well <laughs> so yeah this is for 
Manipal. And uh, this is a tribute to the place that we miss so much. Locked away from what is in effect, I guess, paradise. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm just overselling it, really. Like maybe it's just this, like the fact that I'm missing it so much that uh, it's been so long since we've been there. It's just driving us to, you know, feel quote unquote homesick while most of us are stuck in our own homes, like our actual homes. I mean, it never really seems that beautiful while you're actually there, does it? To quote, you know, Andy Bernard from The Office, the last episode, <laughs> I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. I feel just like that about Manipal, the fact that we've been out of there for like six months, more than that at this point. It sucks. I, I miss you guys. I miss our friends, you know, just everything we should do there. And uh, I really hope that with this series that we can really delve into why we love this place so much, you know. With all that being said, thank you so much for tuning into this episode, for listening to it, for giving us your time. It means so much that you give that to us. Like, that's really all that we could ask and so much more. And if this is what you like, if you enjoy Freud Void and the content that we push out, please give us a follow at Freud Void, F-R-E-U-D dot V-O-I-D on Instagram. Yes, you know, your man's always going to plug. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening to this, guys, and hope to catch you in two weeks. Ciao. Have a good one.